Hey, it's Thea Lake, and thank you for listening to the Interdimensional Traveler's Guide to the Shattered Verse. Also, a special thanks to Maria Ruiz for creating our logo. I've really enjoyed creating this podcast and could use your help to keep it going, whether that is through reviewing, recommending, or even giving a little more, any help would be appreciated. Thanks, dear wanderers. You are a dimension unto yourself, of which you are the divine. Do not let anyone forget this. Rule your dimension with judgment befitting a deity, and always dictate the means of your worship. Your body may be fragile, but it is also infinite. with you again, dear wanderers. Today, I find myself staying at the Threshold Hotel. If you ever get the chance, I would recommend staying at least a night. This hotel is a dimension of its own, floating somewhere within the in-between. I am terribly sorry, but I can't really give you the history of the hotel itself, as no one knows who owns the Threshold Hotel, when it was founded, or where the payments go. For as long as anyone can remember, it has always existed and will continue to exist into infinity. But whatever you do, do not try to enter the employee-only areas. Those who have either have never, never returned or wish that they had not. There is one particularly interesting anecdote about the multiverse's largest and most aggressive hotel. The Threshold Hotel has often been the site of diplomatic meetings between warring nations after the Duke of Wailton had made the mistake of trying to conquer the hotel. He had, at the time, perhaps the most terrifying armada in known history with at least 20 planar destroyers. There were no survivors, and none of the guests were even disturbed or knew of the battle. Now, no force is foolish enough to try and start trouble in the Threshold Hotel. And, if you ever find yourself with some time to fill at the hotel, May I suggest making your way to a hotel bar and ordering the Albatross Delight. It is the unofficial signature of the Threshold and is a line of shots that taste like the perfect first kiss and bite of summer. It has the intoxicating effect of staying up too late during a sleepover and ends with the deep nostalgia of experiences missed and time lost. I have met a fascinating wanderer by the name of Alice, who I have gotten to know very well over my short stay here. This is her story. About 1,500 years ago, 
Alice grew up with her twin brother Alec in a small outer dimension unheard of enough at that time to even have a name. They never knew or just forgot their parents, but stole and conned their way through a rough life. That is, until they came across a Dr. Mefli, who had just recently discovered the Philosopher's Stone. Unfortunately, he had not discovered how to protect his soft head from being bashed in by the bust of his favorite philosopher. Alec had never really been a gentle soul, but Alice knew after this gruesome murder that he could not be allowed to live forever, so she stole the stone and ran. She had not expected her brother to stay and study the doctor's notes. She did not expect him to learn magic, summon an aberration, murder it, and stitch its eye into his forehead. She did not expect him to find his own way to live forever. Nor did she expect the depth of his wrath or the extent of his vengeance. Really, she could not expect him, for she had never really known her brother. Their dimension has a name now. Kaelthraxis, or colloquially, the demon's nest. But this is her story. Alice, of course, tried in vain to fight against Alec's gradual takeover of their home. But she was a criminal, a con woman, so no one believed her or even accepted her help. But Alec, just strolled right into the palace and gained the confidence of the old king. Only Alice seemed to notice his third eye. Instead, he was able to create more monsters like himself, slowly turning everyone in the dimension into a stitched like him. Let us stop for just a moment for a word to learn a bit more about how to live. Today's lesson will be all about blood. I'm sure since last time you've been wondering just what to do with all of this oxygen that you've been collecting. No merchants or companies are willing to trade goods for it since it's basically everywhere and sometimes it doesn't even taste good. Well, what you need to do is send that oxygen to your heart so that it can set the oxygen into tiny cars in your blood known as blood cells. Fun fact, blood is actually only the second most powerful reagent in magic. I know, you didn't really want to listen to me talk about magic. It is also very important that you place a memory in each blood cell so that the oxygen can remember which body they are helping and what to do with that oxygen. Once you have a sufficient number of blood cells loaded up with oxygen and memories, constrict the muscles of your heart to push that blood out and throughout your body. Congratulations! You now know all you need to know about blood.
and are one step closer to being fully alive. Now, let's get back to Alice's story. Alice was hunted throughout this solitary universe, a single road bump of resistance in a world full of violence and monsters. So, our dear Alice found a way to leave her dimension and hopefully her brother and her troubles behind. I wish I could tell you that it worked, but that's not her story. She did not expect her brother to find a way to follow, but really she should have known better by now. She had managed to start a new life in Haven, a place you and I know well as an easy place to get lost in. She got married, but she never wanted kids, and so she never had them. As you may have guessed, it was not a happily ever after. One day, she returned home, and her house was empty. An emptiness made all the clearer by the addition of a single note from her brother to say hi. Alice never saw her wife again, and that is a different story. Let's stop for just a moment to learn of the news. Shen, you know, the god of chaos and ruler of the ever-shifting mass of madness, was spotted in a small town in the democratic states of Anora in the Orali dimension. He was spotted with two keepers, a spirit, and a human. At least one observer was turned into a goat, who refused to be turned back at the Sacred Heart of Olia Hospital. The reason Shen was in Orali is unknown, and based on the particular domain of this deity, will likely remain a mystery. The Three-Eyed Crow Machine is going on a reunion tour throughout the multiverse to raise money for the refugees of the conflict in Universe 438. They said that they are going to start the reunion tour in the universe, despite warnings that having a concert in the middle of an active civil war would be dangerous for both the band and their audience. Breaking news, dear wanderers, from an unknown but disreputable source, my dearest fair wanderer, there is someone right behind you. No, 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 don't look. You must not alert them to your presence. No, I do not know who they are or what they intend. Now, on with Alice's story. This is not your story, after all. Alice didn't bother staying to fight, but ran throughout the multiverse, never staying in one place or dimension for too long so her brother would not find her. She lived so many lives, and she was so many people. She lived as a reflection and a mask. But as these things always go, Alice was found. She was cornered in a backwater dimension that didn't even have a name. Her brother didn't do anything to her, just reminded her by his presence that she can never run fast or hide far enough away. 
So Alice came up with a plan. She went to a state-of-the-line satellite city in Orali, one that also had its own Genesis engine, so it could be its own single dimension. She did not hide, and she pretended to be in love. She hated herself for this above all else. When her brother arrived, because of course he would come, she locked down the city, took control of the Genesis engine, and crashed the entire city into their home dimension. She and her brother rode a flaming comet into their once home, a place long changed, memories shifted and distorted to the point where they no longer reflected what actually happened. But anyone who could disagree with this account is long dead. I am so sorry, my dear wanderer, but I must make a correction to an earlier part of tonight's broadcast. There is not someone behind you. I do not know how I ever thought that was a person behind you. No, there is instead some thing with reaching arms and a gaping maw. You must not look at it. I repeat, do not look at its ripping teeth and infinite eyes. It has eyes that you could get lost in, and in fact, many have. You are better off never seeing this awful abomination. Now that we've got that correction, let's go ahead and continue on with the story. She thought that she would die. Everyone else in the crash certainly did, but she awoke an unknown amount of time later, surrounded by the shell of her one-time home, an empty universe devoid of even memories. She wandered through the multiverse until she found the threshold, and here she has stayed. She reports, even now, that she still worries every time she sees a black-haired man that her brother has found her once again. Lucky for her that even the worst of monsters would not want to infringe on the hospitality of the threshold. You know, we watch you. We really don't mean this to be creepy. We are just concerned. You've been spending so much time on your computer. Normally, you'd think this would be good for us, but sometimes you are just staring at the screen, scrolling without even paying attention to what is passing on the screen. Unread messages piling up, and that little red number just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We know that we should do our job, and that's it. Everything would be better 
if we all just did what we should be doing. Do you know what you should be doing? We don't want to be another problem for you. We are just concerned. Can you hear us? Should you hear us? We are concerned. Please, just let us know you're okay. We are concerned. This has been a word from our sponsors. So now, here we are at one of the many bars of the Threshold Hotel. We share drinks, memories, and our lives, gravitating closer and closer together. This is not the end of her story, but it is an end. It is also the beginning of what seems like a rather very nice night. Perhaps Alice and Alex's home universe may find new life as well. After all, all births begin with pain, terror, and blinding lights. Interdimensional Traveler's Guide to the Shattered Verse is a production of Dimensions Role-Playing System and is written and voiced by Thea Lake with help from Maria Ruiz. If you have questions or comments, you can contact us at itgsvpodcast at gmail.com or find us on social media. Dear Wanderers, it's time for your tea time. Today's word of wisdom is hypersomnia. Please grab as many blankets, pillows, jackets, coats, and soft things that you can find, and bury yourself in them so deep that even an archaeologist would have trouble finding you. Okay, now that we are all relaxed, I'd like to talk to you about death. I understand that we are all fueled by an underlying fear of death, and that guides all of our stupid behavior, but I am here to tell you that everything is fine. When you die, you just come back a few hours later, and you feel so much better. Now, I know that you are worried that every time you close your eyes, the universe will stop existing. But don't do that. Most of the time, when you die each night, 
your brain will just create imaginary visions and stories. A universe in itself. Or at least, I hope they're imaginary. I believe leading scientists call these visions dreams. Until next time, dear wanderers, good luck.